Welcome to Old Town New World. We're here in uh, Millstone Pizza in Old Town Rock Hill, South Carolina. And my name is Jason Broadwater, and we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of Small Town USA. Today we have a special guest who has traveled here from out of town. And no, I'm not talking about behind the mic, Micah. Say hello, Micah. Well said, well said, all right. I'm talking about this man, Adam. Adam, I don't even know your last name, man. What's your last name? Gouch. Gouch, I didn't know that. Gouch, how do you spell that? G-A-U-T-S-C-H. G-A-U-T-S-C-H. So I, so I um, met Adam a while back, and uh, he was involved in a project that was um, had some of the same kind of civic and downtown revitalization types of things uh, that, that connected some things I was working on. And I think we were introduced by Amy Love, I believe. Sounds right, yeah. Yeah, Amy Love is um, the director of the innovation... Director of Innovation for the state of South Carolina. Yeah, there you go. Under Bobby Hitz, uh, the Secretary of Commerce. So she's the Director of Innovation for the state of South Carolina. She introduced Adam and I, and we got together and talked, man, and it's amazing. I mean, it, you know, the similarities. I mean, from a web company to uh, civic endeavor, civic engagement, community involvement. Um, and uh, I don't know, just the list seemed to go on and on. So. I've been trying to get Adam up here from, or down here, over here, sideways here, from Greenville for a while. Uh, so, Adam, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you came here today. Uh, what, what kind of what kind of journey is it from Greenville to, to Rock Hill? Uh, it's pretty simple. Off 85 and take a right, you get here. And uh, it's, it's about, a, I guess we talked here a little bit earlier with Paul Michael. It's about a, probably about a two-hour trip up. And, yeah. Uh, simple trip and good drive. So. Do you ever, have you ever been here before? Yeah. I had came up here once before to meet with you. Yeah. Uh, had lunch lunch up here and I uh, was able to uh, learn a little more about Rock Hill and the revitalization going on down here since the roof came off, which is a, yeah, which yeah. Is a phrase I heard as soon as I got here, which I thought was a fun phrase and I've been using since as, as a way to think about things, about what happens when the roof comes so it's off. It's like a metaphor, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Fantastic, <laughs> very cool. Yeah. How, how long, did you grow up in Greenville? No, I grew up in uh, Martinsville, Virginia. Uh, and came down to South Carolina to go to Clemson and have been around South Carolina ever since. Very cool. What did you study at Clemson? Uh, political science. Political science. Okay, wow. So you've found yourself back into civic endeavor. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it took a kind of long way to get there, but uh, I'm spending more time on that side of things for sure. So what is the overview of the journey? I mean, how did you, when did you start your own business? How did, how did, that, how did that come about? Well, so, uh, uh, as soon as I graduated from Clemson, my first job out of college was uh, managing a congressional campaign. Um, Lindsey Graham was leaving Congress to run for the Senate, and his seat in Congress was the third congressional district, uh, which is from Oconee County in the upper part of South Carolina down the edge to Aiken counties. There's a 10-county district there, and there were six people running in the Republican primary to uh, Take take Lindsay's seat, and uh, we came in second out of six. And oh, you, there you go. When who, you go, who was the candidate? Uh, the the uh, Jim Clawber. Uh, he uh, was out of Greenwood, South Carolina. Has since moved and is a president of community colleges in Alabama. I think. Okay. Uh, don't exactly, I'm not exactly 100% sure on that, but I think that's what Facebook tells me. And uh, the person who won is uh, was. Gretchen Barrett, who was served served in Congress for several years, and then 
ran for governor when uh, Nikki Haley won, and he, so, so he, he lost that, that run. Um, I'm not sure what Gresham is doing these days. I, um, he owned a furniture store in Seneca, South Carolina when, when I knew him. He probably went back to that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, so did that. But once you, uh, once you lose and once you uh, have a degree in political science, uh, it's not easy to get, get a job, so you start your own web company. So uh, I was actually a, a friend of mine from college was uh, working at a two-person web company way back in, this was 2003. And I came in and was selling insurance and hating that, and I tried to sell them insurance, and uh, ended up staying around and doing a lot of the, helping a lot with the marketing and PR and some sales. And Evan, my business partner now, was doing a lot of the the uh, design and development side of things. And so, after a little bit of time there, uh, we offered to buy into the company. Uh, he said no. And so, so we started Orange Coat instead. And so, uh, so have been doing. Uh, web, di web design development uh, for since 2004, wow. and uh, have kind of seen the evolution of all that happen, and have. Very cool. That's when we founded. I founded Revenflow, man. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Eleven yeah. years, huh? Yeah, it's crazy. Long journey, yeah. yeah. Going from convincing people they need websites to convincing people they need you for their websites. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Boy, that's changed a lot. Yeah. yeah. And the technologies have changed, and I mean, we were talking about that earlier. It's amazing. The whole business model around all that has changed so radically. I remember the days of the, like, I need a $500 website because I'm a small business in the community to, you know, we're scoping out what a $60,000 a year marketing budget might look like in the context of internet marketing, you know what I mean? Like, it's so different, you know? It is, and, and, and you know, honestly, a lot of those small places don't even, you know, need websites from, or need, need to pay for websites anymore yeah. so there's a lot of tools out there that the small person can use and get get as much of what they could pay a big boy to to do for them I, the more complicated the more marketing strategy all that kind of stuff is where you really start seeing professionals be a lot more valuable there's some restaurants and that kind of stuff in town that I talk to that I say a Facebook page is enough for what you're trying to do right yeah, now amazing. And, and so it's I, I mean restaurants especially it is hard to justify the cost that it takes to do a really nice website. I mean, unless you have to create um, an ambiance that is like next level and you need to create that on the web. I mean, other than that, there's really, you can't get the return on investment from doing some big fancy website. I, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't, I, I've never had to pay for my own web design work. Yeah, right, so, right, so, yeah. but I, I couldn't imagine how, like, except like being able to be, to, to see that return on investment. Obviously there's absolutely places where that's the case oh, but yeah, sure. yeah yeah and you know even restaurants bigger restaurants or restaurants that are are trying to expand and that kind of stuff you yeah. can see some value in that but if you're a mom-and-pop coffee shop or not doing much it, it, it seems crazy to spend thousands and thousands of dollars yeah, right. on, on, on something like on a website we experience a lot of folks who want to sell something they got some product or something and, and once I walk through all the math with them you know, well, the cost of services and the cost of running advertising and the cost of, you know, this, it's like, and, and then if they're selling something with low margins, it's like, you know, the math doesn't work. You gotta, you know, you gotta rethink what you're doing, you know? Yeah, it's really interesting, man. I, the world has changed so much. I mean, the projects we're doing are way bigger than they used to be, but the small people have all kinds of free uh, and low cost solutions. It's just being able to weave them together in a meaningful way is really what they need, I think. It's interesting. I, I think that there's probably a 
a place now for something that certainly wasn't around in 2004, which is, you know, just a consultant who can handle things like Squarespace and WordPress and is a fairly good photographer and all these kind of things and can just come in and help help it. Really uh, just a digital marketer yeah. who is, is competent in the digital creative skills. And, or just marketing in general, but can yeah. also handle that kind of stuff. And, yeah, and even can GC those projects based on having contacts who are developers or designers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, really, a, it's, a, it's almost like the, uh, I always think about uh, real estate development and, and, and things like that. When you have all these network of professionals that GC each other, contract each other, and, you know, that's really what the web world has become like. You know, yeah, there are agencies, but they're just hiring the people that would be in the freelance marketplace <laughs> otherwise. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah we, we talk about that kind of stuff a lot, and 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 sometimes your job is just really to be the filter for good and and, and understand what should go up and what shouldn't go up, and yeah. kind of help clients understand that and, and make those decisions and help find the other contractors if it's if it's programmers or designers or photographers or copywriters and, and, and just kind of make make sure that you can build the team you need for the project you need and sometimes that about that man yeah. team so so you so you were you started Orange Code and you're running Orange Code and I've seen uh, y'all's website and stuff on your website it looks like you got a great space and downtown Greenville yeah yeah well we in the last couple of years we've we've actually uh, spent more so we we had our own space for uh well, for probably eight years, uh, uh, but we're in the same space next to the handlebar in downtown Greenville uh, for six of those years, and um, it, it became one of those things where when you're the only people in the room, you're both the smartest person in the room and the dumbest person in the room, and we, and we didn't want to be either of those. It's not good to be either, so we, we moved out and have been working, helped, uh, shortening the story a little bit, helped, helped uh, to start a co-work facility in Greenville called uh, OpenWorks. And so uh, for the last couple of years, we've, we've helped with getting folks involved in that and growing that and actually uh, starting in June, uh, have moved again to a, a nice new space uh, in uh, the Bank of America building in downtown Greenville. So, oh wow! Okay, uh, so tell me. So let's back up. Tell me about this co-work space. So who, who, who's involved in this? How did it get started? How's it going? Or uh, well, the little bit longer. So it started is um, the Iron Yard, which I, which yeah. they are have meteoric rise. Uh, they started as an accelerator, a tech accelerator in Greenville. Um, and they still do an accelerator in Spartanburg and uh, might be doing another one in Greenville um, this year. Uh, but the, the side of their, their company that became, has the meteoric rise part is that they teach code schools. So they teach 12 week classes where people go from not knowing how to code at all to being proficient at front end code or Ruby or whatever. They have several different, and they, they, they have campuses now. I think they have something like 30 campuses around the country. and. Um, so that, but they started and wanted to have a co-work space that could house their school, that could house uh, their accelerator, and still had extra space that they wanted people from the community. So we all moved in together to do that. Uh, pretty soon after that, they realized that the space wasn't going to work for their needs, and so they left. But all, all the other people that had moved in were like, "Well, 
we'd all moved here, we might as well try to do it. So, uh, so we, we worked together to um, uh, put together uh, an organization and, and, and start, start open works. And, and so we did, it was basically out of, it was out of necessity. We needed, we, we, we'd already moved. Moving's never fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we, we, we still we moved for the reason of being in part of, of a shared workspace, and that seemed like a good idea to continue that. And so we did. Um, and you know there was tech companies and architects and entrepreneurs and all this other kind of. There was a fun group of people that were around, um, and it just kind of grew and grew, and. You know, eventually the space we were in, which we were perfectly happy with, is just kind of an older space though. And the the landlord said, "Listen, you guys can stay here as long as you want, but if the AC breaks, we're not fixing it. So, <laughs> so, so be warned." And uh, but lucky, luckily, we're you're we're upfitting a floor of uh, this Bank of America building, and we'd love to have you as one of the tenants. And so. Uh, so is that a, is open works moving into that or is it just orange no, no, open works and open, so open works has uh, there's uh, I don't know that's a good question now I, I would say there's probably about 35 or 40 folks oh, uh, wow, really I think there's maybe 38 people in the slack channel and but there, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot more uh, there's uh, I mean the biggest tenants next high school which is going to be a new charter high school that's uh, starting in Greenville uh, in September, August, uh, is is working out there for now, but they're they're going to leave to move to the high school, yeah, move to campus. So that will uh, so they're 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 one of the bigger ones. So we'll have some we'll have a little bit extra space once they move out. But right now we're, well, we're pretty close. That's the word. Yeah, you yeah. looking for new folks or what's yeah, the yeah. process to to get in there? Uh, it's we are uh, uh, we try our hardest to run. Uh, run the project like an open source project so um, we want people who want to be involved with it we want people who are uh, interested in in working in open space it's a completely open space uh, but besides that you know if, if you want to be involved and do that there's no like interview process or anything like okay. that just just join openworks.com it's the website you can come check it out get it, get a tour of the space all that kind of stuff um, like like with most open source projects, there's one or two people that um, put a lot of energy into it, and, and so uh, Jim, who works at Orange Code, is has really become very passionate about OpenWorks as well, and so he, he spends a lot of time on the operations side of things. And you'll certainly, if you ever go to OpenWorks or anything like that, you'll you'll have to go through a Jim filter of meet meet Jim in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. He's, he's he's a well, that's good, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, you want your passionate people to absolutely. be, I and mean, that's the point of open source. You know? yeah, it's like yeah. the power law distribution. Like some people are going to spend a ton of time on it, so there's been little time. Yeah, I mean, I think that like with anything else, open source, it's trying to find those triggers to get people realizing they're empowered to do things themselves and 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 do things without permission. But you know, sometimes it's it's all very complicated. Yeah, um, you know, open source is a wonderful thing. I mean, I know some of our listeners are going to be very familiar with it, and some less, but um. You know, the idea that you put a project out there and you invite people to participate and their kind of, their authority is not dictated to by the person who creates a project or owns a project or anything. It is instead uh, arises out of their kind of, the value that they add in the project and therefore they become authoritative in kind of almost a social structure way 
just based on the fact that they're one of the highest value contributors, and so they just take on that authority. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, that's with a lot of a lot of projects. It's really just the amount of energy you're willing to to put into it. I mean, there are with anything there are some open source projects where there's somebody who creates a project and runs it like a dictatorship and there are lots of other projects where that it might be too laissez-faire and that's hard for me to say because i'm a very laissez-faire man but but where where like there's no structure of this is how things get approved and committed and all this kind of stuff and so there is a uh Sorry, uh, <laughs> storm outside. So uh, anyway, Adam, I apologize. Nah, <laughs> so, uh, so it, it's what what I think is empowering about any open source project, though, is if you are willing to work really hard and do on on one particular part of it, you will see you, you will be rewarded almost all the time. So and and, and you will. There are the, the super dictatory type people that don't allow changes or differences or whatever, and that's not, that's not the right project for you to, it's not really an open source project and maybe you shouldn't be, you, you'll find the ones that allow that and, and you find the people who are willing to show up and do that work and continue to do that work and, you know, with anything, with well, any work, especially, you know, the kind of support and maintenance after the fact, everybody is really fun, it's really fun to build things, yeah. ma making it making it something you can keep on running after you're done. That's the hard part. And that's where a lot of things from, that's how, you know, Jim became so enthralled and, and working on the operation side of OpenWorks. There's a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, people at the meetings when we were talking about name and logo and stuff like that. Right, yeah. There are a lot less people at the meeting when we're talking about when the trash needs to get picked up. So finding those people that are willing to do the dirty stuff is a really important part of it. Wow. Okay, so brief stint in politics, <clears throat> brief, briefer stint in insurance sales, got involved with a web company. Uh, got real into that, uh, got good at it, and decided to start your own web company with a partner, Orange Coat. Needed a place to, Orange Coat needed a place to live. So started a co-work space. So now you got a web company, you got a co-work space. Now, you're also in a community, and you seem to be passionate about that community, and that seems to have led to other projects as well. Yeah, yeah, so, um, so I, I, if I were to, I guess if I was to think back, uh, a, there is a um, an organization in Greenville called uh, uh, Greenville Forward, which, when they were initially formed, they helped. Their goal was to help uh, <laughs> uh, shepherd the Vision 2025 vision of Greenville and move that forward. So that they, they was had, that a city initiative or community? It was. It was. So there's a citywide initiative. I'm, I'm not. 100% on all the exacts of uh, parts of it. I think there are six key areas that they, that the city said, or that this plan said, these are the key things that we need to be working on to get to the place you want to be in year 2025, which is quickly approaching. And so, so, so we're probably gonna have a revisioning on that fairly soon. Um, and so Greenville Ford, their, their goal was to help take that and take those key goals and move that forward and they one of the things they did was they have a monthly uh, luncheon uh, lunch meeting uh, talking about each one of those topics and um, it was I, I went to one of those lunches just as kind of a networking thing and was so inspired because I haven't been 
involved in those type of conversations in so long. I've been involved in a lot of tech conversations, a lot of entrepreneurial conversations, that kind of stuff. But I'd, I'd forgotten what, you know, talking about civic projects and, 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 and like a greater community uh, was about. And it was super inspiring. And I, and I started to go, all of those, I really enjoyed going and listening and not talking. And as you can tell here, I'm, I don't mind talking, and so it's really nice to just kind of sit back and not have to do that. And 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 so um, and so then uh, I don't know. Let's let's say a year or so later, uh, there was a article in the New York Times um, about this website in New York City called GiveAMinute.info, uh, which collected uh, ideas for the city of New York to make it better. And um, I. I sent that link to some folk, to the folks at Greenville Ford and said, isn't this cool? And they said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do something like this in Greenville. And so we partnered up with them just kind of as a super, super extra side project. And that was What If Greenville. What If Greenville. And so we built What If Greenville, yeah. It's cool though, man. You go to What If Greenville and, um, I mean, I hadn't been there in a while, but tell me if I'm wrong, you go and it just basically in front of you, it says, well, what, what, what if? What's your idea? Like, you just type it in. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. It's pretty crazy, yeah. So it's only, yes, very simple idea, 99 characters or less, ideas to make Greenville better. Um, in the first year or so, it was it was just that. The first year plus, it was just that. And we collected a ton of ideas. We had, well, I think in the first year, we maybe had a little under 1,000 ideas, something like that. And, you know, there's individual ideas, and those are all really interesting. But it was also just really interesting to be able to start when you have that much data uh, to start seeing kind of idea trends and that kind yeah. of stuff. Did you, so did you, I mean, how did you set them up in a, did you set them up in a database and just open fields or did you try to find ways that you could see algorithm, I mean, see like data correlations and stuff? Uh, it, it all, I, I wish, I wish I could say it was anything more than uh, me. Uh, through them all. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we, we, I mean, we, it, it's, it's in a, it's in a database to, to right. Yeah. But, but you know, at, at some point, I'm good, thank you. At, at some point, it's you, that you storm, and I just went in there and started categorizing myself on yeah. an Excel spreadsheet, and and started giving my own categories to them, and all this kind of stuff, and you know, that's when you start seeing things like. Transportation is the biggest percentage of ideas, and the biggest percentage of ideas by a large margin, and, really? and that gets you really excited about the idea of what transportation means and towns of you know, Rock Hill size and Greenville size and stuff like that. To hear that, I mean, we just talked this morning about the next conference we want to do. We wanted to be around transportation. We wanted to do a, a little mini open source project around it and do a conference, and we wanted to be around transportation. Yeah, well, it's. So we've we've since grown. Uh, what if Greenville to something called Imagine That, which you can go to ImagineThat.io, and there's several different cities and several different smaller like events and stuff like that that we've collected ideas on, and so we now probably uh, uh, several thousand ideas now. Let's say I don't know the exact number, um, and consistently transportation is the highest. Really? Consistently, I mean, there we're all the. From Knoxville, Tennessee to uh, Anderson, South Carolina, is probably the, the the distance of all of our ideas we've collected, and there, it's it's amazing how consistent transportation is. Now, there. would some of these ideas, would the person who put them in realize that their idea would be called a transportation idea? And maybe, maybe not. Uh, so, for the most part, you know, there's a lot of there's. 
if you look at it, there's infrastructure ideas. So there's you know fixer roads. You know, we know in South Carolina, so there's there's Pot issues. Holes, yeah, 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 yeah. Bridges. Yeah, yeah. And then there's uh, there's uh, mass transit ideas. So better buses, light rail, which I know you've got a little bit of a uh, passion for. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, that those type of things, uh, and then there is uh, multi. Uh, then there, uh, we'll say mass transit slash multimodal, and then there's walking slash biking, which is. So it's, would it's they all. think that their idea was trans? Like there's people that say there needs to be a walking path here through the center of the city. Would pe- I wonder if people would recognize that as a transportation? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I, 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 in the broadest sense. And what you start realizing when you talk about any other like idea or topic area, if it's healthcare or whatever, access to food, all these kind of big issues that are really important, it does at some time get down to, well, if the person can't get to it, it doesn't matter. We can build the, the nicest hospital that provides you know world-class healthcare for free to everybody in the world, but if you can't get from your house to that hospital, it, Everything else doesn't matter. And same thing, we can build a grocery store with the, with fresh produce and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and it doesn't matter if you can't get people there. So when, when you're in conversations with people about those type of things, you still see that the transportation idea bubbles up. And, and, and so sometimes when someone wants a better running trail, they don't really think of that as transportation. But it's... It's amazing how much that still matters, yeah. Oh, it's incredible. You know, I have this challenge, and I'm embarrassed to say that I have not done this myself, because I keep challenging people to do it. I'm hoping you'll do it. Um, I say this to communities when I speak about economic development, so I should definitely do it if I'm going to keep saying it. I say, okay, there's a man in Indonesia in his office, and you are going to have coffee with him. So you're from Greenville. I'll say Greenville. You're going to have coffee with him in Greenville, at the coffee, what's a coffee shop in Greenville? Coffee Underground. Coffee, oh, of course, yeah. That's a cool place, man. So you're gonna have coffee with him at the Coffee Underground. What is his, how does he get there, specifically and in detail, to where he's sitting at the table with you? I'm talking everything down to where he parks his car, if he has a car, and how he walks, and what street he's on, and how he gets to that place. It's incredible if you start thinking about that. I mean, planes, trains, automobiles, yep. walking, parking, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's and, and parking's a really important one that I, I, I do count as transportation as well. And, and you know, and you see this more and more. At, these are, I don't think uniquely southern city issues, but I think it's, it is more, more realized in southern cities that are used to particular. Everybody has their own car. Everybody gets, yeah. but no, you're right. but but the 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 uh, excitement of in revitalizing or or improving downtown areas makes it impossible. There's no way infrastructure can handle uh, parking for every person that works downtown and wants to live downtown and wants to go downtown. Now, for, I think for going vertical is a good idea. What do you think about that? It's it's interesting. I I think that there's there's no way not to do that in some places. I mean, and it's those type of things are just so dumbfounding to me that I can't like get my mind around how much that like the cost of that. Oh, but but, but but I think you have to do it. I mean, uh, I was out in Boulder in May, and they it, it's. It's Boulder is such a place that everybody wants to go to now. It's a kind of cool hipster place to be, but you're going to price 
everybody out of there that's not super rich. They have, uh, from my understanding, they have a a circle around the city where there's like green area, which we all like, that you can't build on. But they also have height restrictions. That's where they grow all that weed. (laughs) (laughs) And they also have height restrictions on buildings so that you don't uh, disturb your uh, beautiful mountain views. Which I get. But the problem with that now is you're you're, you're, you are saying I only want the super the, the, the real estate prices are so high there right because and you can't maximize the uh, square footage by going vertical right. I mean you know you have like our, we have a 2100 square foot office and it's one story and so you're going to have whatever we can command in Rock Hill for uh, 2100 square feet right. on that property period if we right. went up three stories right. we have that times three yeah. And so we can lower the, essentially, the market can lower the cost of one 2,100 square foot office because the real estate owner gets three 2,100 square foot offices. And the interesting thing about that and the thing to consider is, like, what so we, we briefly looked at the business model behind co-working. And, uh, you know, OpenWorks is, a, is, is not a profit. It's, it's run as a nonprofit. It's not officially a nonprofit, but it's run as a nonprofit, and there's no expectation of profit from it. Um, but the the places that make money co-working is where you can have a really tall building and, and stick a bunch of people in there. But they also have to have transit that gets them there because there's no way to put it, build enough park to put. I mean, you you know the 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 city math of like I think the amount of space we have on our in our uh, in co-work or open works now allows for like I don't let's let's say ten I, I could be off by a couple either way ten parking spots like are allocated in the parking garage you still have to pay for them but they're, th- 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 that's the math they said in this amount of space ten people can are, are supposed to be parking there and there's forty people in there yeah and so it's and and there's there's I mean all the hotels you build and all that kind of stuff they need parking as well and those are all they are going higher but you, have solutions, but you can't. man you're yeah. exactly right i mean we you know the culture is changing around the whole idea of a car but it's not going to change fast and it's not going to change i don't think i think you know like i like having a car um, but i like the idea of you know trolleys and work walking and i don't have to park right here in front of my office but and i don't you know i'm probably the least complainer out of you know like the people I'm involved with at the Economic Development Corporation and stuff in terms of our you know whatever the chamber or whatever boards I'm on or whatever in terms of people's perspective on like you know their frustration around not being able to park immediately in front of where they're going is like so high you know they're, they're sweating mad you know because they couldn't park right in front of it I'm like but the parking garage across the street they're like all the way over there you know but, I mean I pick on them but I, but so I'm not as much that way as uh, kind of the previous generation maybe, but I still, I mean, I, I don't want to park six blocks away. I mean, I, you know, I got a stuff to carry in, and right. you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going for an exercise walk. I need yeah. to, I'm going to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to park near, relatively near where I'm going. Yeah. You know? we, we, we have a cu- become accustomed to that for sure. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, when I was out in Boulder, the, 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 thing, the thing I took away from the most was, was their there's two things. One was their commitment to, like, anybody in the community meets with anybody else in the community. It's very much, like, been ingrained in them. Tech Stars, which is a, 
uh, a accelerator that started out there, like apparently I've been told, they early on said everybody in this community should meet with everybody else. If you want to have coffee with anybody, you should say yes and, and don't, right. don't big time anybody, it's our, get back and all this kind of stuff. And that's very much, if you if you send an email or make a call, someone will, will happily meet with you and that's, that's really cool. Wonderful. And the other thing was they are committed to health in a way that's really cool. So a lot of their meetings, a lot of their those meetings that they set, instead of um, uh, at a coffee shop or in a conference room, although there's probably still some coffee meetings, or a lot of them are just walking. So they, they, they'll walk and their main street is called Pearl and you, you can walk down Pearl to the end of Pearl. You're at the entrance to a hike up a mountain. I mean, oh, wow. that, that's a piece of you know geography that's hard to, to match. Yeah, right, yeah. But So they'll do that loop and they'll do a, an hour walk. Now, that's really cool and I think that's something that everybody should, you know, try to do more of the problem with you can't you know it's easy to say that when it's you know it's 65 degrees and, right, and, and, and zero humidity yeah right Boy, but, it's 100 degrees <laughs> here in rock hill south carolina man yeah. you don't want to walk far yeah, I'll yeah, tell you that. yeah i i don't i don't no way judge people because because then you try to come into a meeting you try to act professional and you're just you dripping go, sweat yeah. and and i walk a lot i i i luckily live within walking distance and to, to downtown so I downtown Greenville and so I, I do but I'm like I, it is weird like like I'll it is maybe not like my, my dad would never would freak out if he ever saw me like you know walk into a business meeting in a pair of shorts and and, and, right, and yeah. dripping sweat but uh, I do that now because like it's that kind of stuff is just kind of and it's uh, becoming more normal yeah, yeah 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 I mean and the suit and ties is you know for the web business is a is a negative not a positive people right, people yeah. people see you as a salesman they don't see you as a person that can actually yeah. <laughs> so. that's interesting man I, I I'm in a lot of meetings where um, I am in a suit and tie and uh, you know with uh, economic development and just boards and corporations and I don't have to be it's like I just train myself to kind of thinking that's what that that was the way to elevate my business to the next level was like I need to uh, need to put on a tie and like you know, grow up and kind of run a business, run a real business. I did that years ago, man. I don't know, six, seven years ago, and formed a habit of it. I, I wear a suit quite frequently, but um, like you know, today I'm untucked and casual, and uh, it's funny, man. I you know, increasingly people are pretty casual, but I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm kind of talking in circles here. I apologize, but I, now I see some young people too who are like, go like extremely dressed like, you know what I mean like it's an extreme yeah, you know? yeah. That, that pendulum is it's certainly I, I see that too yeah there's a kind of hipster style of, of, of a good fit suit and oh that, yeah being kind. real dressed like posh yeah and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know I when I first started in the web business it was like it's it's time to act like an adult and, right, yeah. and, and, and wear a suit and tie and in the summer you just suck it up and throw your seersucker and, and, right, wear, and wear that and uh, but uh, I, I, I started realizing that fewer and fewer people like not only did they not expect the web guy to do that almost had a negative yeah, that's yeah. interesting and so I I started and I, I, like I didn't have jeans like I had to go out and buy jeans uh, <laughs> But uh, and so I did, and and then you get comfortable and get <laughs> accustomed yeah, to it. And right. You're like, ah, they don't. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, you, you know, if you're still, if you're, if you're going to, you know, 
be at a fancy board meeting or something like that. There still are the, yeah. the, the, there are still appropriate times to be appropriately dressed. But. It's funny, man. Clothes make a statement, you know, whether you want them to or not. They're gonna make a statement. So sometimes it's like the statement to, to dress down that's made, even though you could hope that it's not the statement, but the statement that the beholders take away is that you didn't respect the situation enough to bother to take the time to be dressed up for it. So I always try to avoid that. But then the the perception you can, someone can take away when you're dressed up real good is, oh, he's slick and thinks he's all that, man. You know, So, you know, you got to be careful of that. But it's like, you know, you hate to overanalyze all that stuff, but you definitely... You can't avoid the fact that uh, clothes make a statement, you know, and they really do. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's absolutely the case. I mean, I, uh, it's, it, for me, a lot of that statement now is you guys are going to have to accept the fact that I am walking here and yeah. I am going to be sweating. <laughs> and, I, and I will apologize ahead of time and say, listen, I'm sorry. I, I, I walk into work and, I, and if you work downtown, most of your meetings are downtown, you can get away with that. Yeah. But there, it is like... I, it's just kind of this is one of these things I've chosen like and part of that has been the acceptance of under or you know I, I kind of started to evolve on the transportation stuff similar to the time that I started you know seeing the data but maybe even a little bit ahead of time saying that this is a different world that we're living in yeah. and for me it was just like it was I was finding it harder and harder to find parking spaces in, yeah, in, in, in downtown. I so I was like, yeah. well, I'm already, I'm driving around for 20 minutes looking for a parking space. I might as well just walk the 20 minutes and be there. And so you, you, then you just kind of get in your head and you get, you know, bullish about things and say, they'll, 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 they'll accept it. So, man, all right. So you got a, a successful company that does uh, web-related work. You um, have started a, been involved with the folks and started a, uh, open source type of co-working space. You uh, live in the downtown area, walk to work, uh, meet at coffee shops, started a collaborative project to do, uh, to get community, people in, involved in community development, civic engagement. So like, I mean, what, this is all kind of new economy, downtown revitalization, uh, you know, knowledge, creative services economy, it's all like the poster child of kind of the new economy. So, so you know, what's next for you uh, in, in Greenville? I mean, do you continue um, the, the current projects that you have? Do you have any big vision creeping up here? Or? Yeah, I mean, so, yes and yes. I, 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 there's, um, it, it'd be nice to find uh, better ways to make uh, money on some of the projects and I'm working on them. I'm really good at doing projects that don't make enough money for me. Uh, but uh, the uh, included in that is I'm helping with Code for Greenville. We're uh, developing a app for, on the weekends we have a trolley that runs downtown and trolleys are just like a, a rubber wheel tro bus yeah, trolley. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fancy bus. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, a free, it's a free trolley that runs Friday maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and uh, we, when we, Code for Greenville started about a year ago in Greenville. And and we said, we were looking for projects and because of the transportation thing, what could be a obtainable goal for a transportation project? And a lot of people said, I would ride the trolley more if I knew when it was arriving and that kind of stuff. So and, yeah, it could help with me. Yeah, so open up your phone, 
I am here, the trolley is here, it's five minutes away. Like an Uber trolley. That's right, almost. yeah, that's right. But yeah. you, you can't you can't hail that, but uh I'm good. Uh you can't you can't hail you just wait for it or don't wait for it. Um and that has been really fun. A, a real learning process as well. I mean, you know, working with this the, the organization inside of the city that runs transportation is called GreenLink, and they've been very helpful. Uh, but being in those meetings and working with those people and, and having those conversations, is a, I, I, we don't do a lot of government work like for for web stuff in general. So having those kind of, is a learning experience. And talk about an open source project. I mean, this the trolley app is a, a, an Android application on the trolleys themselves that shoot out a beacon to tell you where the oh, trolley wow. is. Cool. We're also then building, or Code for Greenville is building an iOS app, uh, an Android app, and a web app that collects that data, shows it, and there's also kinds of da database things. So we're probably you know, half dozen different teams working on different things. That's very cool, man. And so seeing that happen, seeing where that grows and goes, and we're, we're Closer than we've ever been before uh, to, to being done with it, and actually uh, a, a lot. Uh, luckily, a guy that actually used to intern for for Orange Coat um, between his undergrad and masters uh, at Clemson in computer science, his when he got his master's degree, one of the things he was working on was the uh, was basically the beacon part of the application for some other project, and we that was the part that we were we were kind of spinning our wheels and saying, I don't know, you know, we, we need to find someone and actually, in theory, it's not that hard of a thing, but we need to find right. someone to do it. And he, he he finally showed back up in our lives and rates saying, today guys, I actually already wrote this piece of software oh, that wow, does it. Cool. And so, since then, we've really been kind of kicking into high gear and we're almost done with that and that's been really exciting. Um, and, and using that as kind of a template of being able to say this is kind of the first part, you know, the trolley is very much a recreational thing, and it's 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 not. I mean, some people use it for, you know, their needs for transportation, but it's not the answer to transportation. And, and, but, you know, it could help with close park and rides, so you don't, so you can park. Call the last mile, man. It's connectivity. It, yeah, it can help I mean, with the last mile issues, but you could also then take that code to. At the buses and all these other kind of things. Oh, so, absolutely! So, so cool. that so that part's really exciting, and, and and figuring out that problem and solving that problem. So, it's something. It, the the transportation thing is something that I just I I can't kind of get away from. It's really it's really interesting to me. Um, so. Well, I love that you came to that not because of just you know divine inspiration, but you came to it through an experiential, kind of data driven, mixed with some type of inspiration. You know. Um, that's, I think that's cool. I mean, I, that's, that's, it's like what I've always known, and hearing you tell me, it just reaffirms what I already know, you know, but that's great. You know? It does help when the data backs up your own heart, yeah, doesn't it? Does, it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, it's something that's, I don't, you know, I don't know the answer, you know. I, there's obviously much bigger companies with much bigger budgets working on much bigger things from, you know, driverless cars and all this kind of stuff to Uber plus driverless cars, all, all these kind of things. Um, and I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the budget. I don't have the really, like, vision to see that happening. Like, I, 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 I want people to work on that. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I personally don't know if I have the understanding of how to tie all those things together and have the 
but you have your piece of the wall. Yeah, and, and that's fun, yeah. Yeah, and you're working on stuff in Greenville that's significant. I mean, I think, you know, everything that you've listed here today is is the stuff that if there are people in every community doing what you were doing, then the world's a better place. So it's not like you have to make the world a better place. You make Greenville a better place, and we make Rock Hill a better place, and now the world's a better place. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and everybody can learn from everybody else's stuff, and that's the part that's really, you know, I, you know, when I first started, when we first started Orange Code, I did the idea of the concept of open source not only was kind of foreign to me when it was first explained to me, I thought it was a, this terrible anti-capitalistic right, yeah. philosophy. Uh, but what I started to realize about it was it was, it, it was there's a true business model behind that and it, and that provides tools to a lot of people to make their own s smaller little businesses and everything doesn't have to be IBM oh, to make yeah. or Microsoft to well, make. That's like WordPress I and mean, we based a huge amount of our hourly billing using the open source platform WordPress. Yeah. And and so and that those type of things are so cool and so exciting is to have that idea of you can build something that solves a problem but also allows hundreds if not thousands of other people to build businesses around it's a them. Platform yeah. is what it is that people can build businesses on top of. Like the internet's a platform. Well, Adam, you are a gracious, wonderful man for driving from Greenville to Rock Hill to be on this podcast, and uh, we appreciate it very much. Cool. And um, is there anything uh, aside from your, or anything else we haven't covered in your in your web world or your civic endeavors in Greenville that you'd like to share with us before we before we go? I I, I will mention we're taking a summer hiatus for it, but I I also help with. Uh, a social entrepreneur meetup group called 104 Good City, and you can go to 104good.com and and and, and uh, see more about that as well. But I'll just that's a, just a quick aside. Very cool. So we got check out Orange Coat, check out uh, what used to be What If Greenville, but now it's Imagine That. Imagine That.io. Yep. Check yeah. out uh, the 104good.com. Oh, the and then if you need a place to work. Yeah, joinopenworks.com. Absolutely. I got one more, yet, right. yeah, that trolley.com for the trolley tracker stuff. So. Excellent. <laughs> Check any of that stuff out, and that'll all be on, uh, should be on the page that you're looking at when you're listening to this podcast if you're doing it on oldtownnewworld.com, and if you're getting it through iTunes, and you'll just have to visit the website to get the information. So, Adam, it's been wonderful to have you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Micah, Silent Micah, well done. Would you like any last words? Well said, well said, my friend. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you next week on Old Town New World.